Welcome to Sold Conversations, a podcast designed for women who are seeking a life of clarity, connection, and meaning. Each episode will feature Jackie Engel, former Australian Today Show psychologist and founder of Soul. Our featured guests will highlight practical ways to bring Jewish wisdom into our day-to-day lives. I'm your host, Alexa Eden, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us. In today's conversation, we welcome Ayelet Polanski. Ayelet Polanski is based in Jerusalem, Israel, is a coach, therapist, speaker, and author. She runs workshops, meditations, and has a private practice affecting the lives of many, helping them to experience deeper levels of fulfillment and freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ayala. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome. I'm Alexa Eden and I'm with Jackie Engel and Ayala Polanski. And today we're going to be talking about how real the struggle is today. We're talking about unha- lack of happiness, basically. And that's the struggle. It's like, it's a struggle for happiness. Because of all, I, to me, the pinnacle is like we, the, all of the emotions that come up around like taking time, taking a time, not time out, that sounds like you're in trouble, but like taking time, just stopping for a moment. Like, no, but no, it's beyond that. People are like depressed. They're isolated. It's not about because they didn't take time out. They're like really disconnected. Are we really? going into those like psycho-emotional issues well, though? Like, well, lack of connection, clarity, meaning, yeah. But like lack of meaning is not about taking, not taking time out. So then only. just so we know, where is that coming from? Because I'm still kind of, I guess my confusion is like, what are all these problems a result of? It's, it's not, no, it's, it's all about, it's not what they're a result of because there's many things. That that's why I say I don't think you can put time, lack of time out is one application or one cause or one result or one, it's not, it's not everything. But all of these things together lead to people being unhappy. Right. We have everything, have yet everything, internally we, we have we're, we're empty. We're empty. Okay. What the heck? That's a struggle. That's it. That's the struggle. Right. A lot of people are feeling that they are wanting more, that they achieve, achieve, achieve. They go to a great school. They get a great degree. They make great friends. They have a great job. And then suddenly all these people are like looking at their nine to five and confused why they don't feel fulfilled, right. why they don't feel the... So, we, there's a disconnect between what we're told in life is supposed to get us towards success mm-hmm. and what we're actually feeling is success. Mm-hmm. And even taught in school. That's what really ticks me off a little bit. That what? They're like, why are we not taught in school the things that really matter mm-hmm. and count? Right. Versus like go get a job, go to... How? How to get a job, how to be happy, how to have positive, successful relationships, how to... You know, um, you know, not just how to get a job, how to get a job that actually means something to you. That fits your own that, talents and skills. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like they try to do it with personality tests, but really there's such a deeper, there's such a deeper understanding of why that's important. And even people who think they are in the job that they're meant to be in per se, aren't necessarily feeling the utmost levels of fulfillment and happiness. There's still something missing. Hmm. Yeah. That, actually, that, that was my experience when I was in Australia and I was doing the Today Show. And I, so that you can see, you know, whoa, today's show, whoa, you know, on some level. And I'm like, yeah, but inside I could feel like, mm, that's not it. Like, it's great. I was so grateful for the opportunity. I loved it. And I was doing good things, but I had what you're meant to have in order to feel like that's it. You made it. Totally. And I knew that that wasn't the end. There totally. was something else. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. 
but it's interesting that I, I also felt that in Australia. Like it's no matter where you are, it's like universal, this right. feeling. Right. And even for me, when I was like, I was doing big time sales in Manhattan. And for me, when I was in it, even though I was doing like, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of doing a lot of work and putting in a lot of time and a lot of effort for something that's really, really meaningful. But for me, I was getting so caught up in like the rat race of it all. And I would get to work first thing in the morning. I was always the last person to leave the office. And I'd get home and I'd like lay in bed and I'd be like, there's still, something's just not right. Something's off. Like this and is, this can't be it. This can't be it. That right. was, that was, that like, was the feeling yeah, for me too. Yeah. This can't be it. It's gotta be more. But I didn't know what that was. Cause I, I wasn't really like miserable, but right. I just was, something was just missing. So that's cool. So that's what I feel like it's really important. We have this conversation because mm-hmm. it's so amazing. Like I can be in Sydney, Australia. You can be sitting here in real estate in New York or sales, sorry. Mm-hmm. And Lex sitting here in New York, entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, when I remember we spoke a couple of years ago and you asked me what I was doing in my life and I was so busy and I was so caught up with work and same, I was first one at the office and last one to leave. And I gave it my heart and soul and I couldn't even make time for the things in my life that I cared about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't make time for it. And then, what, but, what but then I would wonder you? like, what was like the, like, what was the resistance to that? Or what was the block to that? Well, I mean, granted my hours were crazy, but then I would really, I would hide behind that of my hours being crazy. Cause meanwhile, I was still going out until midnight. I was still going mm-hmm. out until one That's and so doing things and partying, going out. And then I'd wake up in the morning and I'd hit the gym and I'd go to work. And I would, I, I would make time for the things that I thought were my priority. And it's not that I don't care about those things anymore, but I'm recognizing that there was more to bring into my life that was actually going to make my life feel meaningful. And it was going to make it feel that I had purpose and direction versus just, I make money and I go out and I enjoy the city. Like I wanted more. It's nearly like you have to seek a new high, like each time. And when I say mm-hmm. high, I just mean the next new thing, the next exciting thing. I don't mean some people it's, it is a high of drugs, but it's not necessarily drugs. It's like, what's the next exciting thing I can go out and do so that I feel like I'm somehow fulfilled, but it's very shallow. It doesn't really last, you know, like the next event, the next, this, the next party, the next it's like one thing after the other has to up, up and upping the ante to feel like to hide that sense that something's missing. It's really interesting. Cause I have a client who lives in a really fancy expensive building and they lived on like, I don't know the 20 something floor and, and everything is spotless. Their apartment looks like an ad out of one of those like catalogs, like magazine catalogs. And they recently just sold their apartment and moved to the penthouse in their building and every, they literally, this is not an exaggeration. They go on a vacation once every two weeks to some beach destination. And I can't help but ask myself like, what, what is this need? Where is this need coming from to constantly, they live in, they live on the beach. Their home is on a beach and they're still feeling this need to leave their beautiful, exotic beach apartment where they go and literally step outside their apartment. They're, on the water and they have people there serving them like towels and dockeries and fresh Fiji water. And so like, where is that need to, to, to leave, go be somewhere coming from? Mm, it's like a need for newness. Mm-hmm. Boring. I think so. I think anything can become boring. Yeah. You know, that why, what is that? What, what is that need that we have? Well, I think there's a big difference between internal seeking and external seeking. So when you're seeking outside of yourself for things or places or experiences that are going to bring you into a new reality, it's, you always have to seek something else. But I think what maybe might be lacking is this kind of guidance to the more 
personal inner yearning or need or want uh, of what you're looking for in life. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of a distinction between like, if I'm looking outside of myself or if I'm measuring my success and happiness based off of the people around Mm -hmm. me, that's a big one. That's then Huge. I'll never, ever feel happy. That's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Ever. And then, but if I look in within and I say, what is it that makes me happy? It might look so different than the person next to me. Or I, what you're already doing now. I can remember so vividly sitting on my couch maybe a year ago, caught like, it's a Thursday night. I'm supposed to be out at this club, this party, this concert, but I'm, I'm just really happy sitting on my couch meditating and like taking care of myself. But I had this internal struggle of I'm supposed to be doing all these things because that's what makes me cool or fun or connected in New York City. But but really I just I just want to stay in and relax and take care. It's the shoulds. It's the shoulds. It's the shoulds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it was a really real experience when I was a teenager and I was just, I I would go to the mall and every time I'd go, I'd get this like burst of dopamine release. Like it was just, it felt so good. Shopping. Shopping. You know, get the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I came to this point where like, for me, it was so liberating to just go on eBay and sell all my designer things. Oh my gosh. Did you do that? uh, Yeah. That's how I paid for my trip to India. Like I (laughs) literally sold $10,000 worth of designer goods. And I never looked back. And since then, it was like, all right. Wow. Like, detached from my, my, my personal need for designer stuff, you know? Now, there's still a need to, like, shop, you know, and a need for for more stuff. Like, how much, how many yoga pants can one person have, you know? Like, how? Wow. Yeah, I think we get we get defined by the shoulds of the image. And you don't should all over me and I won't should all over you. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> That like yeah. the, the, the we should impo- all love ourselves. Just coming back to what, what Alexa said, like the, when you have that that internal seeking versus external. So a lot of people will seek the external to try to fulfill the internal, but it doesn't also, it doesn't often work that way. So for example, in Australia, what we do is we travel a lot because we're so far away from anything. So once you start traveling, you travel far and wide, no problem. Every single flight is twenty four hours minimum from anywhere, right? It's, it's in Australia. And you travel in the hope that's going to give you fulfillment. It's going to give you clarity. It's going to give you, you know, can, the connections you never had because we're always so far away. And you feel that that's going to give you the the it, you know, the it factor, the something that you, the aha, the mm-hmm. whatever it is. And it doesn't. I mean, sometimes it gives you great experiences. Nothing wrong with traveling. I love traveling. Mm-hmm. But it, it, there's that seeking externally to try to fulfill the internal need or desire for meaning and for a, a deeper I don't know, soul, soulfulness or whatever it is. And you can't find it. It's outside. There's yeah. a different, you know, there's a different, uh, you know, they, we do this thing in, in Australia, the BA, right? We call it Bachelor of Anything. You know, whereas really it's Bachelor of Arts, but we call it the Bachelor of Anything because it's the thing you do when you don't have a clue what you really want to do. And so you do it in the hope that at some point clarity is going to drop into your head and you're going to finally realize this is what I'm meant to be doing. And of course that doesn't happen necessarily. So the BA is what you do when you don't know really yeah. what to do. And we can spend our whole life chasing after a BA. Chasing after the external so, thing in the hope that it's going to give me, whether it's traveling, whether it's just doing the, the degree that you do when you don't know what to do, whether whatever it is. But if, like, like you said, like if you don't go inside, yeah. if you never look within, if you never look at who you really are and what's really going on separate to the image, separate to the, the smoke screen, mm-hmm. I don't know if, it's, if you can ever get there. Right. To be honest. Yeah, but when yeah. do we have time to do that? When do we have time to actually take a step back from our running and our chasing 
to take that look at ourselves and say, what is it that I care about? And what do I want in life? And when do we have time for that? And then where do we even begin? I mean, I think that's part of the solution. The problem is when we take time, I think time, taking time to do all that is associated with a lot of, you know, other feelings. Like I know when I take time off of my everyday life, I end up feeling guilty for taking the time off of my life. That's only because you're breaking the shoulds because we're living by the shoulds in the rat race. Mm -hmm. There's a rat race going on and we all have to be part of the rat race Mm -hmm. and we're all going along. And if in order to do what we're suggesting, you have to break out of the rat race, break the rat race in order to take time for yourselves and get clarity and go within and do anything that's different than the rat race is then you have to challenge that image or that, that should, or that, you know, that, that, thing that everyone else is doing and be different. And I think that's where we get stuck. The being different. The being different. The I don't irony want to be different. is like we're all really trying to be different. Like we're also taking a stand to be different, but, but really we're really not. afraid. Yeah. We're really afraid. Right. And why are we afraid? Why are we afraid? We're afraid of rejection. Totally. Oh, that's for me. Not being included. Rejection. Rejection. Mm-hmm. For sure. Rejection. No? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally afraid of rejection. <laughs> no, I'm definitely afraid of that. I think... Yeah, it's it's going against the norms. It's going against what the what people what normal people see or do in their lives. But I don't know. I guess like fear of rejection is such strong drive. It drives everything. Totally, it drives every people will will betray the deepest values they have. They will betray people they they love. They'll betray anything for that fear of rejection. Totally, and that are, especially women. I hate to say it. Like it's true. okay, there's always exceptions, but women particularly. One of my most favorite sayings is that I try and live by myself, which is hard, is the biggest power a woman has is being willing to disappoint. Whoa. Like once you're willing to disappoint another person, you have full power. Whoa, you what give, does that like, even look like? Like we give our power away, it seems, mm-hmm. because we don't want that rejection. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to disappoint someone else mm-hmm. because I want to feel. So like how to still feel like you're included in the majority and live with that courage like to me it's like courage is about taking a stand even despite the fear it's Mm -hmm. if there's no if there's no fear then it's not courageous and so it's taking a stand so how to still feel like I fit into this group because we're living why why do you have to fit in maybe you don't I would even be so bold and say and I have said this often and I share this with my little sister who's younger than me because I really truly believe that the more that we stand out, the more likely we are to stand in with the people that we care. That's what I was just thinking. Like if we actually take the time to become our fully expressed selves, we'll find the people. It's like if we're a lighthouse, like if we have a bright light in our lighthouse, we will attract the right boats. Mm -hmm. If we are a dull light because we're afraid then we won't be able to fit in We'll always stand out. We'll always be out of the crowd because we'll never be ourselves. Mm. And more than likely, other people that we're trying to fit in with, they're also trying to fit in. And so, so none of it's us never even... Real, it's no, never authentic connection, really. Yeah. Right. Because you're always trying to be something else. You know? Are you, so you're saying that the more you don't care about what someone else thinks, the more you step into your true sense of who you are, the more you have real relationship. It creates more connection than rejection. Yes. like the more it's like it's like it's so ironic it's like the instructions of how to get out of the box are on the outside of the box you have to just do it and like know that it's true but like just not care and do it and then when you do it you end up having the connection you always want it requires a lot of courage it requires courage Mm -hmm. so i guess the question is where do you get that courage where do you get the courage where do you get the courage like Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i'm supposed to know 
you know, I, th- I think the courage is like, it's a choice. It's a choice because it's not that courageous people don't feel fear. It's not that courageous people don't feel fear. It's not that courageous people don't feel fear. They do, but they do that thing that they're aiming to do despite the fear. If I was afraid uh, of speaking in front of an audience, then that wouldn't require, if I wasn't afraid, then it wouldn't require mm. courage. The fact that I'm doing it despite my courage is, fear. and it requires a lot of vulnerability too. I like that book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. I love that book. Feel the Fear and Do, do It, it anyway. anyway. Exactly. That was like me when I spoke on Friday. <laughs> I was so nervous, but I spoke in front of like a hundred people. Really? Yeah, because I felt nervous. I felt the fear and I said, I'm just going to jump right into this. Right. I think that's the problem is we feel like sometimes the feelings, if we have those feelings, it's an indicator that I shouldn't do something. Mm-hmm. Like if I feel fear, maybe it's not right. right. Rather than knowing, no, 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 this is a good direction. I'm going to feel fear because I'm like stepping up and I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. And that's a really positive thing. And as long as your head knows logically, this is the most logical, like right thing to do, then you can kind of handle any, any feelings that are going on. But I think we need to find a way to have that clarity. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and that's real leadership too. And, mm. you know, like that's real leadership is saying, I'm going to take a stand. You know, anyone who's ever been a part of a flock has never taken a stand for anything that they really believe in. Mm. You know, and I think as women, like we do have this like innate power and ability to stand up and each and every one of us, we want to stand up, but like, it's still, it's a part of that. Like we're part of this rat race and we're all just a bunch of like rats. I hate you to say, say that. that. Like, yeah, I, but my it. favorite thing is if even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. You're still a rat. <laughs> I hate to say even if you win, like even if you're the top of your game, you're still a rat. Oh, yeah. One thing that you said that I think is really interesting is that you mentioned that courage is a choice. And I think mm-hmm. it is a choice. I also think it's a practice. I think it's a practice of being courageous time after time because it doesn't just happen overnight. And to learn how to do that takes a lot of work. I mean, nice just in speaking with you guys about this stuff. I feel that there's so many things for us to unpack. I mean, you mentioned leadership and um, now this courage thing, and I think bravery and feelings and fear and uh, rejection. These are all really interesting, deep topics that I think will allow, I know already it it allows me to feel like I'm not alone in this process. Mm -hmm. And that if, if we could just speak about these things a little bit more openly without feeling that fear of rejection, or maybe, maybe this is only happening to me. I think a lot of us could actually start really embodying what is going on in our lives and taking the steps towards, you know, finding that true self, finding that, like that deeper connection with ourselves. And finding real friends. Yes. Share that. Yeah. Yes. I think that that's really cool. You know, that's, yeah, I like that. You mentioned the word embodying and that for me has been like a really big practice in my life is this thing called like how to become more embodied, meaning, you know, I can feel what I'm feeling and sometimes I confuse fear and excitement. And like, they both might come from the same place, right? Cause like, if I really feel myself in a situation or find myself in a situation where I could be afraid, then I identify that emotion as fear. But if I find myself in a situation where I could be excited, I identify the emotion as excitement. And so maybe when it comes to like, for me, public speaking, for example, it's about, you know, seeing, okay, is it really fear? Is it excitement? Whatever it is, it might be fear and it might be excitement, but I'm going to do it anyway. And the embodiment of it is like you start to build a relationship with the emotion, at least for me, I'm building a relationship with the emotions that are coming up around that thing that I'm afraid of doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I tried. It never worked for me. <laughs> you know, like people say, just imagine you're on a roller coaster. You know, roller coaster, you know you're safe, but then you feel this fear mm-hmm. and then, you know, and but it's really excitement because you know you're safe. Mm-hmm. So just harness that with other things. And I'm like, no, that doesn't work with public speaking. <laughs> but if you get on the like, roller coaster. I'm excited, you're- terrified. Thank you very much. <laughs> 
But if you, but you're getting on the roller coaster, and that's the point. It's not saying I'm feeling this. No, I'm not feeling this. I'm denying oh, that oh, I'm I feeling it. I'm not saying to deny the feeling. Own I'm it. saying get own on the roller. Own it. Own it. Yeah. So I think there's a lot here to talk about, and maybe we can go through and like just get some clarity from each other. And and uh, I don't know if people are brave enough to open up this conversation and have it, especially like in public like this. But I think that it's crucial. Yeah. It's crucial, and hopefully, us doing this and having a conversation will allow many other conversations to happen and that we can also have a a dialogue and and speak to lots of people about it. I think if we as women are willing to be courageous, then we can only open up the floor for all these other women to be courageous as Mm -hmm. well, you know? Yeah, we'll create a new new race without being a race. Let's do it. (laughs) Community. Thank you for listening to Sold Conversations. For more information and resources about our community, please visit our website at www.getsold.org. And join us on Facebook and Instagram at Get Sold. We look forward to having you with us. Until next time.